we talk about Dostoevsky and the crime of punishment, where we talk about, right, this overall, we have this intrinsic moral compass that at some point will show itself depending on how far we go either way. Welcome to the Isaac Velez Gonzalez Show, bringing you an authentic and honest perspective into the inner workings of the world and navigating chaos. I'm your host, Isaac, and this is a message you won't want to miss to live life on your terms and become the hero of your story. Let's get straight into today's episode on the Isaac Velez Gonzalez Show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode on the Isaac Velez Gonzalez Show. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode, and let's get right into it. Today, we're going to be talking about practical ethics and the moral compass. The reason I want to talk about this is I think now as society moves more towards this period of fragmentation, more than ever, really, in the separation and a lot of inequalities are starting to show and the U.S. has been moving in a direction where now, you know, there's a lot of distrust, not only in big government and big tech and big pharmacies, but as well as amongst the people, you know, us as individuals, if you look at times in the past, if you look at the attack of 9-11, if you look at times where we were in distress, a lot of times that united us, right? It brought us together after these periods, but now we have a lot of internal conflict, not external. And now this is really what's weakening us too, is, is this collective demise of us versus them all the time, right? It's the woke left against the, you know, traditional patriarchy, right? It's the Democrats against the Republicans. It's the Trumpists versus the you know, the people that want people like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. And it's none of these sides are bad. It's just this is what we're starting to face. This is what we're starting to get into, right? You have the movement of the guys that support Andrew Tate. Then you have the feminists that say that he's misogynistic and that he's terrible for society. You have the people like Elon Musk who are trying to fight for things like free speech and just saying what you want to say, buying companies like Twitter. Then you have the other side of the censorship, of hiding documents, of hiding things, for the people that it benefits. And so again, all of this is to say that there's a whole cultural war going on. But in the grand scheme of things, we can't really change that, right? We can't just wake up one morning and say enough is enough and then just end it. That's not how the world works. And the reason I want to start with this isn't because I think it's important, only that it's important to know that it's going on, to recognize the patterns that are happening, not necessarily what's really happening here. And the reason I say all this is because this is something that's outside of our control. And you can feed into it, you can listen to it, like you can listen to the news. But at the end of the day, it's just going to feed your head with all these things that it's not your role to change. It's bigger than just one person, right? We can have our part in it, but it won't change overnight simply because we put our foot down. It's the same thing as like, the people that wanted to boycott Amazon for the local businesses. Even a thousand people not buying from Amazon doesn't hurt their bottom line that much. And the people that do it usually don't benefit that well and it hurts them a whole lot more from paying higher prices from local businesses. Now, is there nobility? Sure. But at the end of the day, it's bigger than them, right? It requires such a massive movement. So my point with this is here. You have to, as I have, Focus on what you can control and accept what you can't control. Take reality as what it is and then figure out how you can change it. 
but change it in the ways that matter. Change it in the ways that actually have effects. Be rational and realistic here. You can have high aims, ambitious, lofty aims, some of which may never come to fruition, some of which for some people they might. But the point is when you carry it out, don't set your expectations that high to where you're not going to be able to reach them because then you'll feel disappointed in yourself. The the ambition's high, right? You shoot for the moon, but you were all, or you shoot for the stars, but you were already okay with getting to the moon. You didn't lie to yourself about that. Now, moving into why the episode is called Practical Ethics in the Moral Compass is because, like I mentioned this in the very last episode that we published, I don't believe there's a universal right or wrong. I don't believe in an absolute morality. I believe that based on what we understand of the world, based on how we view the world being best served, we all create our own rights and wrongs. Now, some of us may believe that society's right and wrong, right? We, we might believe that our right or wrong is the universal right or wrong. We may believe that the morality is the law. We may believe that morality is just human decency. Morality is things like the Constitution saying, you know, every person has the right to the pursuit of happiness for life, for land, for property. But here's where it gets interesting. And that is some people have different conceptions of what the girl word is. People that have done great but terrible things. Let me say this, great in the terms of grand, in terms of magnitude, but in terms of the way I view it, an ethical and morality stance, terrible things. People that have killed, people that have led countries into terrible areas, to me, they're wrong, but to some of these people, they're very right. I think there was a line from uh, Al Capone, which to many people should know is a very uh, infamous um, criminal, one of, the mo- one of the most infamous criminals of, of all times, where he didn't believe he had done something wrong. He believed he was necessary. And he believed it. On his moral compass, he was in the right. In the moral compass, he was in the right. And just imagine how that sounds, because sometimes we don't think about how people who we believe have committed atrocious acts, people like, you know, talk about Nazi Germany and Hitler. For, a nine, for 95 at least percent of the world, a lot of people believe that what he did was atrocious. Right, that the mass killing and the genocide was atrocious. He didn't believe that. Again, no absolute morality. We have to decide for ourselves. It's not that there isn't congruencies, and it isn't that a lot of times we might agree. It's just that we have to determine what's right or wrong. And then from a philosophical standpoint, we can look at works done by Nietzsche, Kierkegaard, by um, even just, um, let's, let's think about the Stoics, because, I mean, they're my favorite to think about. But from a perspective of they had their own school of thoughts, but let's talk about like Epicurean schools of thinking or maybe um, utilitarianism, right? The benefit for the most people is what's best for the best society. Stoics believed in relinquishing control uh, or relinquishing that which you can't control and and changing what you can control, right? So that's self-accountability. And then we talk about Epicureans, which the main responsibility of individual was the pursuit of happiness. We talk about the works of Kierkegaard and Nietzsche were, again, you had this existentialist philosophy, um, just again, a, a constant struggle and fight against nihilism. We talk about Dostoevsky and the crime of punishment, where we talk about, right, this overall, we have this intrinsic moral compass that at some point will show itself depending on how far we go either way. And my point with this isn't to get super philosophical, but it's to understand that we have to form our own guide. And some of it 
comes from rationality, and it should, but some of it's also inherent to what we believe. What we believe about faith, what we believe about religion, what we believe what people deserve. You know, people that, again, grew up in different times, they had different moral compasses, which is why a lot of times I, I don't... I don't think it's completely logical for some of the people to compare some of the actions nowadays versus how things were a hundred years ago, because the situations change, the the causes were different, the areas that people learned were different, and some ethical guides and some people that 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 preach about ethics, they'll say stuff like the circumstances don't matter. That, again, like regardless of what, there's always a right or wrong. But a lot of times the circumstances do matter. Not so much in the span of our lives, but they do in the, t- in the span of time. And all this to say, in all the grand scheme of things, a good portion of what I just talked about are things that you and I cannot control. But it's not to put ourselves down in that regard. It's not to you know, view it as a bad thing or disappointing, but rather to inform you that just as I, I've looked at the world and I've said this before, and I love this saying without rose colored glasses, I see it as it is, but I'm not upset about it. I'm not sad. I'm not nihilistic about it. I just found a starting point for myself. So now let's get into what you can do about it. And really the important part of, of why, why this matters to me I have been able to build myself into a person that can defend what I believe is right. I've been able to build myself in a person that stays away from what I believe is wrong. And I've done that by questioning things, by questioning the world's order, by questioning old-fashioned laws, old-fashioned systems, by not allowing just because someone says that they're offended or that I'm wrong to change my ways. It's not that I don't listen to it, right? There's always important to listen to the message, but I don't necessarily accept everything as fact. A lot of things are opinions. Most of the things I say on the podcast are opinions, and it's not up to me to decide whether or not you accept them. You take what you will, disagree on what you will. There might be some things where you say, that was a great point, and I never thought about it that way, but I want to from now on. And there might be some things like saying, that's far-fetched, that doesn't make sense. You're wrong. You're faulting for that. That's your right, and I'm happy for that kind of disagreement. But you have to decide that. No one can tell you what to do or what to think or how to say it, right? And so, and there's a difference here that I want to clarify too, because I don't want to just leave this half explained. I'm not talking about not empathizing. I'm not talking about not respecting that other people might have differing viewpoints. But I'm saying that just because someone has a point that's different from yours, even if they strongly believe it, it's not your responsibility to accept it as your own. You can accept that it's theirs, and you should, right? You shouldn't negate what someone else's beliefs and just say that they don't actually exist or don't matter, but in the span that it doesn't matter in terms of how you shape your own. That's what I mean. You don't have to, right? It's kind of it's kind of this idea of like separating the personal from the work. Your entity, right? Who you are, the being of yourself, what makes you is over here. What they say is over here. There can be a clear divide. You don't have to take it in. And if they try to force it upon you, you kind of set your boundaries like, hey, listen, I respect that you're this way. I'm not that way. And me not being the same as you isn't me being insensitive. There's the difference there. Because what I don't like happening is that just because someone doesn't believe the same things that the other person believes, now they're wrong. 
Now they're old fashioned. Now they're, you know, traditional. And that's not how it works. But unfortunately, we live in the death of the age of reason. We live in a time where people don't see things as rationally as we once did. And that might change in the future. And I'm not talking about trying to go to old times, right? The past is gone. The past will never be the same. The, the future will never look as the past, except for the patterns. And here's where I want to get into this too. Everything in history, they, they say history repeats itself, but it's not necessarily what happens that repeats itself, but how things happen, right? The underlying causes, the rise and fall of economies, the rise and falls of nations, but the fall of, right, the power of the Dutch, for example, was different than the fall of how the British lost their power, or at least respect to the world order, or the fall of the Mongol Empire was different than the fall of Rome. Patterns, different factors that are very similar, very overlapping, but yet different events. So what we have to understand is that when it comes to ethics and morality, we will have a basis for our own right and wrong. But the patterns are what we have to base our ethics off. That's where the circumstances don't change. But when it comes to the actual events, we're going to be put in many different situations, very similar, but yet different in many ways. And we have to ask ourselves, how do we build a system? How do we build a compass to know what feels right and wrong? But if you understand yourself enough, if you develop self-awareness and self-responsibility, you eventually will find out that things will feel right and wrong. There's a book, Malcolm Gladwell, called Blink. It's about thinking without thinking. That's where morality steps in. You shouldn't have to think what's right and wrong. You should be able to understand yourself enough to know whether something is good or not. And oftentimes, a difficult decision is often the right one. But again, you can't always buy into that because that's where you get the figures saying, well, it's sometimes tougher to do the bad things. And then they believe that makes it the right thing to do, right? And, and so this is something where you have to consistently be able to talk with yourself about it, be able to explore different outcomes and different possibilities to be able to build yourself into the person you need to be. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. I appreciate your time. As always, let's close it out. Vini, Vidi, Vicky, I same. I came, I saw, I conquered. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on The Isaac Velez Gonzalez Show. If this episode provided you with any form of value, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode. For more information and to get more connected with us, visit our website, www.isaacvelezgonzalez.com for all of our programs, resources, and all previous content with full episode transcripts. We appreciate your support. And until next time, that's all for today's episode on the Isaac Velez Gonzalez Show.